electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Welcome to the keynote, everybody, by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. Great ideas should never be forgotten. So here's one of our best episodes from the year 2021. We hope it continues to inspire you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Today, a conversation with UPS CEO Carol Tomei about coming out of retirement to lead UPS just as the world was upended by the pandemic. Tomei joined us at CNBC's Evolve Global Summit on June 16, 2021, to talk about leading a frontline workforce through a pandemic, adapting the business model to meet the demands of customers in lockdown, and shipping what matters from household essentials to doses of vaccines, all the while delivering exponential growth for UPS shareholders. Tomei was interviewed by CNBC special correspondent Susie Welch. Here's their conversation. I'd like to start right before the pandemic when you were in retirement after 24 amazing years at Home Depot. Um, and you had looked forward to retirement, um, it said. Um, but then you found yourself seriously bored. And along came this opportunity at UPS where you had been on the um, on the board of directors and you started in. And then suddenly, almost overnight, the entire world changed. And it changed for all of us, but it probably didn't change um, uh for all of us, the way it changed for um, delivery companies like your own. And so where I want to start is with you coming out of retirement, thinking, well, this will be a fun new challenge and um, with a lot of experience under your belt. But then suddenly the world and in particular, the world of your business imploding around you um, and changing and and ask you what that felt like and what were your first thoughts? Well, Susie, it's great to be here with you. And I must say this year has been a year of, that I never anticipated or expected. I onboarded in March of 2020 and I thought I'd be spending time traveling the world, meeting with UPSers, talking to our customers, you know, just glad hatting and shaking a lot of hands. And within the first week of my onboarding, the world shut down. And we realized that in order to remain essential, we had to first protect our employees. So it was a mad, mad scramble, uh, finding masks and gloves and hand sanitizers and changing our operating procedures just to keep our employees safe so that we could start to deliver essential products to keep the world alive. We had to work with government agencies around the work to, world to keep our pilots flying. It was wild. So there was no traveling. It was just about getting and protecting our, our, our folks. And then I'm like, if I can't travel, I'll spend some time getting to know people via Zoom. So the whole way of interacting with people changed for all of us around the world. But in some ways, I look at it as a, as a real gift. Our business was growing, and then it took off. 
And in the second quarter, we were faced with unprecedented demand. And we're like, oh, no, we don't have enough people to handle the volume. So we had to hire 40,000 people in the second quarter alone to deal with the volume. And those are just a few stories of what we went through in just the very first few months of my tenure. Okay, so uh, it's an amazing story because you've grown and had a lot of success in a period where it all could have imploded and exploded. And so I guess my question for the leaders and managers listening is what lessons did you learn? Like you're a year out from it. And so, you know, what did you do right? And what did you do wrong? And what what should, what should people think about when they're thinking about leading through a, enormous change, which is sort of the, the day to day for everyone now? Well, I, I think there are a few things. Um, put your people first. Put your people first, because without your people, you can't do what you need to do. Um, listen to the needs of your customers and lean into their needs. And we certainly did a lot of listening as stores were closing and online businesses were exploding and how we could help our, our retailers and other customers survive during this time. Um, make sure that your financial condition is rock solid strong. We went out and issued debt even though we didn't need to because we didn't know what would happen to the financial markets. So we raised some debt capital so we could ensure that our we had enough cash to survive whatever came our way. And that enabled us actually to invest through the crisis. And that's another thing that I would say is so very important in the face of incredible change. Don't lose sight of the opportunities you have to invest through it. So we had an initiative underway called Fastest Ground Ever. We weren't as competitive as we should have been from a time and transit perspective. And the team said, you know, Carol, if we could just get faster on the ground, we could win market share. And I'm like, well, what's getting in the way? And they're like, well, money. It's expensive. I'm like, well, we've got money now. Let's go ahead and do that. So we pulled forward that initiative. It was to conclude in June of 2021. We concluded that initiative in October of 2020. And when things started to settle out, well, we started to see a huge return on that investment. It actually makes us more competitive from a small and medium-sized customer segment perspective. And we've seen growth in that segment north of 30% in each of the past three quarters. I want to dig down because what you did is you crunched almost more than in half the time it took to innovate. Okay, so everything is changing all around you and you're actually innovating through that. A lot of times people are just thinking about surviving, but you are innovating much more rapidly. Can you talk about what it took to do that? What 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 did it actually take? Did it take changing people out or or did it take you making some kinds of phone calls or like really what did it mean to innovate during change? Yeah, it, it, it was about selling the dream. So there were a number of reasons why I came out of retirement to join UPS. First, it's just a fabulous company whose values are aligned with mine. Secondly, we have 540,000 people in our company and I love to develop people. So I thought that would be a great opportunity. And one of the other reasons is that the stock price had been flat for about six years. And I'm like, you know, I think I could get in there and swizzle the business model a little bit and create some value. And so got in um, and with the team, we built a total shareholder return model that said, you know, if we do these things, we can create value for you, which means you can create value for your families and change lives and change communities. And you know, we really sold the dream, made it real for people. And they're like, oh, well, okay. Interesting, Carol. We need to see this come into action. So we talked about changing the way and the pace of uh, how we operated. You know, we were um, operating very much by committee. We had 21 committees. Uh, 
that were running the business and every decision had to go up to the committee for approval. So if you had an idea, you had to wait to the next committee meeting. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, no, no. We, that's working by a calendar. We got to work off the pace of a watch. So we knocked all those committees out of here. Of course we have review boards, but we just you know, started getting the bureaucracy out. And this isn't a, this is not um, a negative on UPS. Many companies who are old legacy companies like a UPS, you know, we're 114 years old. You get a little over-engineered with time. So we just reverse engineered some of those processes and it really sped up decisions. So we sold the, de- the dream. We put speed into the decision-making uh, process. And then, and I think, Susie, this is one of the most important things we did. We had an exercise about stop work and all the initiatives that were in flight were around the room and we gave everyone green dots and red dots. And we said, okay, put up the green dots on those things we should continue and put up the red dots on those things that we should stop doing because they're not wildly important. All the green dots went up. Not a single red dot went up. And I'm like, nope, we're not leaving the room until the red dots go up. So the red dots went up and then there were a number of initiatives with no dots which means there's no passion, no energy behind those initiatives. So the red dots, the no dots, we were able to take those initiatives off and really focus on the wildly important. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I read that you said that when you got to UPS, there was a lot of how to do things and what to do, but there was not a lot of why around it. And it sounds like you're talking about putting the meaning, um, giving people meaning to what they were doing. That sped things up as well. It it did. Before I came to UPS, you know, I had been on the board for a long time and I admired our company so much for our values and for what we did. But I thought our purpose was missing, the why why we did all of this. So shortly after I onboarded, we created a cross-functional team of UPSers to work on our purpose. And this cross-functional team of UPSers around the world did a masterful job of talking to our customers, of talking to retirees, talking to our suppliers, talking to each other, talking to the communities in which we serve from a philanthropic perspective and brought forth um, what they thought our purpose was. And it was brilliantly done. There were a few iterations, as you might expect, but brilliantly done. And we landed on that purpose, which is moving our world forward by delivering what matters. And I just, we just love it because you can unpack it in so many different ways. You can unpack it in so many different ways. And just, but just to make it real, think about this moment of vaccines, COVID-19 vaccines, We're in this moment. Um, As of late May, we had delivered over 300 million vaccines in over 90 countries. And by the end of this year, we will have delivered over 1 billion vaccines. That's delivering what matters. So you come into this uh, legacy company with a great um, history and uh, a strong sense of being a delivery company, a lot of logistics, uh, the 
pandemic hits and you decide to change the culture, you feel like that's a necessary thing to do, you know, to basically uh, reinvent it while it is being reinvented by the outside world. Did you face resistance? And if you did, um, what did you do about it? Well, we had a three-pronged strategic platform, customer-first, people-led, innovation-driven. But we hadn't set accountability metrics against those three prongs. So as a leadership team, in the first week that I onboarded as CEO, so now June a year ago, we talked about what we wanted to stand for under each of the three. So customer first, it's about net promoter score and having a net promoter score of more than 50%. Innovation driven is having increasing rates of return on capital or the capital we deploy on the people-led side. And this is what gets to culture. I said, how do we measure employee satisfaction? They're like, well, we take employee surveys and we roll it all up to a likelihood to recommend. And I'm like, okay, what's the likelihood to recommend? And the result was 51%. I'm like, 51%? That means that 49% of UPSers wouldn't recommend us as a place to work to their family or friends hair on fire. So we got, as a leadership team, we said, nope, that's not who we stand for, not who we stand for. We want our likelihood to recommend to be higher than 80%. So we started to look at the underlying root cause of the employee satisfaction. And part of it candidly was, because we are an engineering-driven company, we are so method-driven, so process-driven, that's why we're best in the world at what we do, um, we weren't actually empowering our people for innovation. In fact, we were very much command and control. We were telling people what to do rather than listening to them and responding to their ideas. So we've, we are really working to, to change that up. We're also working on an environment of bringing one's authentic self to work. And you may say this sounds sort of symbolic, but it was really meaningful. You know, we, we would, did not allow facial hair. We did not allow natural hair. So if you were African-American and you wanted to have a fro or a twist or a braid, that wasn't permitted. And our tattoo policy was more restrictive than the U.S. Army. So we're like, you know what? We can still be very professional. We can still wear our brown uniforms. Recently, I was in a brown uniform delivering packages. We can still be very professional, but we can also bring our authentic self to work. So we've made some changes in that regard as well. And we're starting to see improvement in our likelihood to recommend. So this is the culture. You get the hearts and the minds of your people, right? Your culture is going to change in the direction that you want it to. So so interesting. Let me ask you this. It's, It's all sort of been very inspiring. What is scaring you right now? What keeps you up at night? And actually, as importantly, what do you do about that? Yeah, so I, I recently listened to a great sermon, you know, fear should not be the boss of you. So I'm like, fear cannot be the boss of me. But of course, you know, I, there are many sleepless nights because our competitors are changing, our customers are changing, and the rate of change is accelerating. So it's like, are we looking around corners? Are we fast enough? Are we leaning into the customer experience that our customers want? You know, we've declared 16 customer journeys to really improve the customer experience end to end from the shipper all the way to the recipient. We're making some very good progress here, but are we moving fast enough? You know, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of that, that we're not moving fast enough. Um, so we've got to continue to just right, so when you you have know, a... focus on... Yeah. 
when you have a sleepless night and you are thinking all of these thoughts, I mean, what do you do the next morning? I'm, I'm asking this, you know, for the people listening, okay, because as a manager right now, it is to have sleepless nights. What do you do the next morning? Who do you talk to? What's the next step? Well, in, in some ways, I work out the next steps in those sleepless nights because they're usually nightmares that come, then wake me up. And then I think through that nightmare. I'm like, okay, I think this is what we can, can do. So we all sit on um, the leaders, executive leaders here um, at UPS. We all sit on the same floor and we actually are in the office. We've been in the office because UPSers are essential. We've been masked and social distanced, but we're here. So it's fantastic because you can have these meetings. You can do it via Zoom too, but we are constantly talking. And we'll change direction if we need to. We'll say, you know what? We've got to to change direction. So at the beginning of this year, we covered 75% of the U.S. population on Saturdays. Weekends are becoming very, very important for delivered packages. So we covered 75% of the U.S. population. We were feeling pretty good about that. Then we saw a competitor who was covering 90%. We're like, all right, we got to go to 90%. So we changed course and we'll be at 90% by October. And we're also increasing um, our deliveries on Sunday as well. In fact, over the next three years, our weekend delivery volume is going to increase by 46%. So you've got to be nimble. You've got to be agile. You've got to be quick and willing to change. And actually, don't let fear be the boss of you. That was UPS CEO Carol Tomei. She spoke to Susie Welch at CNBC's Evolve Global Summit on June 16th, 2021. The keynote is produced by the CNBC Events team. For more information on upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, please visit CNBCEvents.com. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.